Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Fusion Church, 6 a.m. soap. Everybody hear me okay? Thumbs up. All right. All right. This morning we are in Joshua 7. Um, yesterday we talked about the destruction of Jericho and, you know, and Joshua calling for the spies to, to rescue Rahab and her family and all that stuff. And so now we're going to deal with some of the aftermath of that. So we're in Joshua 7. I'm going to pray and then we're going to get started. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, as we do every day, Father, for, for this opportunity just to wake up, Lord, dig into your word, Father, and learn more about you, Father, and learn more about how, how you have always remained faithful to your chosen people, Lord. I pray, Father, that during this time that we have together, that it would be your words that are heard, not mine, Father, that I would fade to the background, Lord, but your Holy Spirit, Father, as, as your Holy Spirit is speaking to us those words, would be at the forefront of our minds and of our hearts, Lord God. So just continue to ask for your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right. Oh, let's give that stretch. Joshua 7. And I am reading from the New King James Version. But the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed things. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed things. So the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth-Avon, on the east side of Bethel, and spoke to them, saying, Go up and spy out the country. So the men went up and spied out Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said to him, Do not let all the people go up. But let about two or three thousand men go up and attack I. Do not weary all the people there, for the people of I are few. So about three thousand men went up there from the people, but they fled before the men of I. And the men of I struck down about thirty-six men, for they chased them from before the gate as far as Shebarim and struck them down on the descent. Therefore, the hearts of the people melted and became like water. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening he and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, Lord God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all, to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites, to destroy us? Oh, that we had been content and dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. Oh, Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns us back before its enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear it and surround us and cut off your name from the earth. Then what will you do for your great name? Verse 10. So the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why do you lie thus on your face? Israel has sinned and they have transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. For they have even taken some of the accursed things and have both stolen and deceived. And they have also put it among their own stuff. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies because they have become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you anymore unless you destroy the accursed from among you. Get up, sanctify the people, and say, sanctify yourselves, 
for tomorrow, because thus says the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in our midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you have taken away the accursed things from among you. In the morning, therefore, you shall be brought before brought according to your tribes. And that shall be that the tribe which the Lord takes shall come according to the families. And the family which the Lord takes shall come by households. And the household which the Lord takes shall come man by man. Then it shall be that he who is taken with the accursed thing shall be burned with fire, he and all that he has, because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord and because he has done a disgraceful thing in Israel. So Joshua rose early in the morning and brought Israel by their tribes and the tribe of Judah was taken. He brought the clan of Judah and he took the family of, of the Zarhites and he brought the family of the Zarhites man by man and Zabdi was taken. Then he brought the household man by man and Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah was taken. Now Joshua said to Achan, my son, I beg you, give glory to the Lord God of Israel and make confession to him and tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel. And this is what I have done. When I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them and took them. And there they are, they are hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent with the silver under it. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran to the tent, and there it was, hidden in his tent with the silver under it. And they took them from the midst of the tent, brought them to Joshua and to all the children of Israel, and laid them before the Lord. Then Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, the silver, the garment, the wedge of gold, his sons, his daughters, his oxen, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, all that he had, and they brought them to the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, Why have you troubled us? The Lord will trouble you this day. So all Israel stood him with stones, and they burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. Then they raised over him a great heap of stones, still there to this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Therefore, the name of the, that place has been called the Valley of Achor to this day. Amen. Amen. All right. Whew. That's a bit of a tough one, right? We see that this guy... Um, Achan, you know, committed a sin. He violated the, the commandment of the Lord. And, and we see what happened to him and his entire family, his entire household. But, but before we go into that, um, we see that they're going to go into this, this new city, I, and they're going to try to take the city. But this chapter begins with the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed things. See, Joshua had commanded the nation when they went into Jericho that they should not take any of the accursed things, right? Don't take anything. Joshua 6, 18, just yesterday. And you, by all means, abstain from the accursed things, lest you become accused, accursed, excuse me, when you take the accursed things and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. Okay. So Joshua gave a clear command, right? And there was still a violation of, of that command. You know, why is it that, you know, when, when the man of God says, hey, don't do this because the Lord God has said, don't do this. And my man Aiken thought, eh, this won't be a big deal. Let me just take a couple of things, right? But the thing is, when it talks about accursed things, these things were associated with demonic worship. They were associated with demonic practices in Canaan. Um, when you look at, um, you know, if we were to do a deep dive into Jericho and some of the um, uh, uh, evil practices that were happening there, we're not going to get into today. Um, 
you know, so a lot of these these things were associated with 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 worship of of, of demons, you know, you know, because let's, let's be real, all these false gods, right? All the false gods, right, are nothing but demons that people worship, and they they, they, they don't even realize that. They think it's a, a a lowercase g god, right? And there's like I'm, I'm worshiping my god, but no, you were there this like demonic practices that are happening, right? And the, the, the wars that were going to be fought in Canaan by Israel were not to be wars of plunder. You know, they weren't to be wars of a personal gain. They were to be used as Israel was supposed to be used as a sacred instrument in God's hand, an, an instrument of judgment against a society, right? Uh, a society filled with witchcraft a society that was ripe for judgment. The Canaanite people were ripe for judgment, right? Israel says it was the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. You know, the, the children of Israel, they couldn't be defeated by the Canaanites, right? When you look at the, the, the sheer number of people they had and, and their military prowess and everything they had gone through in the wilderness, like Israel was capable, right? But Israel could also defeat themselves, by alienating them, alienating themselves from God's power, right? And by being disobedient to God, that's exactly what they were doing. So the men went up and they spied um, the city in verse two, and and and, and they, they came back and they were like, listen, we this this is easy. We got this. Send two or three thousand men, you know, Joshua, and we, we can handle these guys. No problem, right? And but in the end. It didn't matter how many people they send, right? Joshua could have sent a hundred thousand men to the city to try to take it, and they would have and they would have been defeated. It would have made no difference. Why? Because they did not have the Lord on their side, right? So no matter how powerful Israel may have looked to these other these other cities, these other um, peoples, without God, they 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 had no power at all. Right, he said, "Do not weary all the people there, for the people of I are few." These spies were like, "This is going to be easy," right? It, it, but you know, but Israel's success really depended on on their status with God. But there was sin in the camp, right? We've heard that term before. There's sin in the camp, right? And that sin was the sin of Achan and what he had done. So about three thousand men went up, you know. So so Joshua took the advice of his spies. The spy says two or three thousand. He said, "Okay, I'm gonna send three thousand men up there, right?" But again, it made no difference. All the men fled. All three thousand men fled from the city. And and it says in verse five, the men of I struck down about thirty six men, right? The thirty six men that were killed here are thirty six more than were killed at Jericho. And Jericho was a vastly larger city, right? A, a hugely, you know, a, a much bigger enemy than this small little city of Ai. And so, so, so even though 36 was a small a number from a military standpoint, what it meant was staggering to Israel. It meant that Israel could be defeated in the promised land. Imagine that. You know, they've been, they've been talking about the promised land. 
40 years, promised land. God's going to give it to us. God's going to deliver the land to us. You know, this is our inheritance. This is the land that was promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We're going to take this, right? And then once they cross over into the promised land, finally, the second battle, they get defeated, right? That's a wake-up call, you know, because you imagine after the defeat of Jericho, you know, Israel was walking around with they chest puffed up. Like, we got this, man. This that was easy. We didn't have to even raise a sword. You know, we just walked around the we walked around the, the city a few times and, and it came crumbling down. But this was like a, a, a slap in the face, like you can be defeated. You know, so so the defeat of, of AI showed that what mattered was not the strength of the opponent, but what mattered was if they had the help of God. Because without God's help, all would be lost. And they realized this. So verse 6 says, Joshua tore his clothes. And to, to, to tear your clothes and to put dust on your head was, was, was a display of mourning. But Joshua is not only mourning the death of these 36 men. He's, he and the elders, are, they're mourning the loss of the blessing and the guidance of God. See, Joshua and the elders, they realized the bigger significance of this defeat. They realized that, you know, they lost because God was not on their side. And they were mourning that loss even more so than the 36 men that were killed. Because from a military, again, from a military standpoint, right? You know, military guy talking to you. If you send 3,000 people into a battle and 36 don't come home, that's horrible, right? But in the greater scheme of things, that's a success, right? You know, because more and more didn't, didn't die. But not only did this, these men die, but they lost the battle. And more importantly, they realized God was not on their side. God did not have their back in this. Alas, Lord God, why have you brought the people over the Jordan at all? For Joshua and the elders, um, this defeat was, was a national crisis. They didn't take this defeat lightly. There was no, you know, there wasn't like the, 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 you know, win some, lose some, you know, type of mentality. You know, they knew that the, that every battle mattered, but, and that, that, and that there was always a reason for defeat. Such defeat like this doesn't just happen. It's just, you know, it's not just a crazy coincidence that this, that this happened. No, there was a reason for this. Joshua knew that, that if God's hand of blessing and guidance was not with them, that, then it would have been better if they had never even crossed the, into the promised land at all. If God didn't deliver them from this, all would be lost, right? How different from, from so much of Christianity today is this mentality? Because we're, 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 we're so often filled with man's power and the idea of what we can do with our own strength, our own ability, right? That if God withdrew his blessing and guidance from us, you know, it wouldn't be missed for very long. You know, I'm it, it would be missed for a long time because we're so caught up in what we can do, our own ability. You know, I got, I work here. This job gives me certain benefits. I'm okay. I can do, I, I got this. I got this. And we don't even realize when the hand of God is not even on us anymore. We don't even realize that what, what our sin is doing, how our sin has put up that, that veil back up. You know, the word of God says that when Christ was on the cross and, and he died, the veil was torn, right? 
which remove the separation between us and, and the Father so we can go directly to him. But when we have sin in our life that's not being dealt with, it's almost as if we are putting back up the veil. We're putting back up the separation. So we no longer have God on our side. And he's here. God's never gone anywhere. He's always with us, right? But we're, we are no longer able to hear him. We're no longer able to feel him. Why? Because we have put up this veil of sin before us and we become lost to it, right? And then you find your 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 your, your world starting to, to spiral a little bit. You're like, what's going on? And then you realize, oh man, like God, like I have not been faithful to you, Right? I'm going to tell you guys right now, because we family, right? I can, I can be real with you. You know, I talk to a lot of people in the church, outside the church, right? And I offer, you know, I, I, I counsel a lot of lot of people in, in the church. And and when, when they come to me and, and the, the world, the, their world is, is spiraling, right? Everything is going, everything's going bad in their life, right? And when we stop and take a second and I ask them the question, so through all this, how is your relationship with the Lord? What is the Lord speaking to you? What is that thing that you've read in your soap or in your personal plan that that um, has just like, you know, really um, spoken to you? And the answer, 99.999% of the time, has some variation of, well, I haven't really been spending time with the Lord. Oh, I haven't really been reading my Bible. Mm, it could be better. I haven't really been praying. And you wonder why, why you're losing every battle in your life. Because God is not on your side because you have sin in your life and you have not made a relationship with him a priority. This is a prime example of this. We're aching. We're going to read. We, we just read how you know he just thought, ah, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just be a little disobedient. And what did it do? It caused a separation between Israel and God. It says in verse eleven, Israel has sinned. God, God's telling Joshua, Israel has sinned. It's it, see the good news is is that God had not failed the nation, but the bad news was that the the, the the defeat was due to the sin of Israel, right? And 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 so Joshua doesn't have the fear that the problem comes with God. The problem came because someone has sinned, right? He says Israel has sinned. They have also transgressed my covenant. God goes on to say they have taken some of the accursed things. They also put it away, uh, put it among their own stuff. God says that Israel, Israel had sinned. Not just one man, Israel had sinned. And it's hard to think that of, of a whole nation being found guilty and that 36 men were dead, all for the sin of one man and his family. Paul, Paul speaks in, in similar terms concerning sin in the church. In 1 Corinthians 5, 6, he says, Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? A little sin affects the entire body. A small amount of sin accepted 
and tolerated among believers can infect the whole group, brothers and sisters. If there are people within your sphere of influence, if there's people that you know within the church, and you know that there's things that they're doing, that there's sins that they're committing on a, on a regular basis, and you as a fellow believer do not confront that, you are just as guilty of allowing the sin in the house. Because as a, as a fellow believer, do not believe the lie, right? That only God can judge me. Because that is a bold-faced lie. There's nowhere in the Bible, right? It may be in a, in, a, in a famous rap song somewhere, but the term only God can judge me is a lie. Because as a fellow believer, we can judge other believers because other believers know better. Now, if you have a brand new person in the faith and they're committing sin, we can't hold them to the same level because they don't know. They don't know. So, of course, you're not, you know, person raises their hand on Sunday. The next Sunday, you're like, oh, I saw you. I saw you walking into that bar. No, they're still trying to figure things out. But when you have a seasoned Christian, someone you know who's been walking in the faith and you know that they're sinning and you do nothing about it. You do not confront them lovingly. You are just as guilty. You are just as guilty. So, so the acceptance and toleration of the sin is sometimes even worse than the sin itself because we're allowing it to linger. We're allowing it to fester. You know, it's kind of like when you, when you, when you, you have a, a mildew somewhere or mold. And if you don't address it, if you don't attack it, if you don't clean it up, what does it do? It starts to grow and get darker and darker. Next thing you know, you got black mold and you're having to tear up your entire house, right? That's what sin does to the body of Christ, brothers and sisters. If we do not address it, if we do not uh, attack it in the, in the right way. And listen, if there's things that you're seeing and you're not comfortable with, right? You know, maybe you're not, maybe you're, listen, I will, if y'all, any of y'all know me, I ain't got no problem addressing anything to your face. I, listen, that's me, right? But you may not be comfortable, right? So go to a leader in the church, go to a connect group leader, go to a, um, a ministry leader, go to one of the directors, the coordinators, one of the pastors and say, there's things that I'm seeing and I really feel they need to be addressed. And trust me, we will address it because we have a healthy church, brothers and sisters, right? And we want to make sure that we remain a healthy church because as we are, as if we remain a healthy church, that's where growth happens. So um, Aiken's confronted, right? You know, and, and he goes, and Joshua goes about this way where, you know, he, he brings every tribe, every family and blah, blah, blah. And, and eventually comes down to Aiken. He says, for they have, and, and, and God says, you know, they have taken the accursed things and have both stolen and deceived. God tells Joshua. We should understand what exactly the sin was. It wasn't just taking, right? But the fact is that someone in Israel took things that were devoted to God. They were devoted either because they were going to be given to the tabernacle or they were devoted because they were, they were supposed to be completely destroyed, right? There was a purpose for God saying, don't take of the accursed things, because these things need to be destroyed. But one man stole from God, right? So 
Therefore, verse 12, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies. Israel could not fight in God's power and presence unless they walked in obedience to God. Israel was in covenant with God, that and, and that covenant promised a blessing on their obedience, but it also promised curses on their disobedience. God didn't keep things of the covenant from the people. It was very clear. If you obey, you will be blessed. If you disobey, you will be cursed, right? You know, did, did, did Achan not hear this? Did he, did, was he not informed about this? Of course he was. Everyone knew, you know? But what's amazing is that we are not under that same covenant. Our position with God is made by the work of Jesus on our behalf. It's not based on our own works. It's not based on what we do. Yet, at the same time, if we want God's power and presence, you know, to be in our own battles, we must walk in fellowship with him. And this fellowship is hindered by our own sin and by our own rebellion, brothers and sisters. 1 John 1.6 says, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. We are deceiving ourselves. We're not deceiving God. We're deceiving ourselves if we think we can go about this life on our own. Verse 13, you cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. When, when God deals with, with a particular area of sin and, and when we resist his work, his, his mercy makes us fail. In his mercy, he's going to allow us to fail. And because we're, we're, we're most dangerous when we think that we are winning battles by our own effort. So, so even though the identity of the sinning family was unknown to Joshua in the beginning, it was known to God. And so that's why he had them go by tribe and family and everything. And it all boiled down to Achan. Because secret sin on earth is an open scandal before God. Let me say that again. A secret sin here on earth is like an open scandal to God. Nothing is hidden from God. Nothing is hidden from God. You may think you're deceiving people in the church. You may think you're deceiving uh, uh, the pastors, your own family, your friends by what you're doing in secret. But I'm, gonna, I'm here to let you know that God knows what you're doing. He is very well aware. He is not caught by surprise. He's not you know, up there saying, what? I can't believe they just did that. Oh, man, what are we going to do? That's not God. He knows exactly what's going on. It says, Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah was taken. This must have been um, an excruciating experience for, for Achan. How much, how, how much better would his life have turned out if he just obeyed, if he just listened to God? All this time, Achan certainly remembered exactly what he had taken, and he probably was wishing, man, I wish I had never done this, right? But he never came forward until he was called out. That's the key. Now, I don't know if Achan at some point would have confessed beforehand if, you know, what, what happened to him would have been different. I, I can't say that, right? If he had confessed before, you know. But the bottom line is he knew what he did was wrong. Sin does have its pleasures, right? It does. Sin is fun. 
That's why we do it. Sin is fun. Taking things, taking the things that Achan did that gave him a good feeling. But the penalty of sin, both with within us, upon us, outweighs any of the fleeting pleasures of sin. Joshua says, my son, I beg you, give glory to the Lord God of Israel and make confession of him. Even when we sin and try to cover it up, we can still give glory to God by openly and honestly confessing our sin. Listen, hidden sin always has a power over us. Hidden sin controls us. But if we confess our sins, the word says he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And he says, you know, he took a, he took a Babylonian garment and, you know, some silver and gold and whatever, and and measured against the lives of 36 men and the welfare of the entire nation. Um, The things that Achan gained were insignificant, right? It really wasn't that big of a deal. First Timothy 6.10 says, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith and their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. He says, I coveted them and I took them. Now think about how, how Achan could have rationalized his own sin and think about how sometimes we rationalize, rationalize our own sin, right? Achan, you know, Achan was probably thinking, no one's, no one's going to know. Only I know, right? These things won't be missed. It's just, you know, a garment and some silver and gold. No one's going to miss these things. Think of how how I'll be admired by my my friends and my family if I walk around wearing this Babylonian garment. You know, I'm not hurting anyone. He may even thought, I deserve this. I've worked hard. I deserve this. And and the excuses can can go on and on. You know, as Pastor Brennan says, the list goes on and on you know, of the excuses that he could have made. But all those excuses fall short. Aiken's sons and his daughters had specific knowledge of the sin because it's unlikely that that they that he could have buried so much um, under their, their tent without their knowledge, right? And so they took Aiken, everything he took, everything he owned, his sons, his daughters, even his his tents, you know. And there are some some um, commentators who who believe that maybe his sons and daughters weren't, you know, also killed with him. Maybe they were just taken to to be present during that. But it doesn't matter, you know. Everything was destroyed. And it says the name of this place has been called the Valley of Acor to this day, right? This valley. Um, is called the Valley of Trouble in the New King James Version. And in the NIV, it's the Valley of Disaster. That's what the Israelites called this area, area because of what Achan had done. But listen to this. Once the sin was removed, there was confession, there was punishment, right? You know, don't think just because we confess, there's not, there's not going to be punishment. Sometimes there are there are still consequences and repercussions for our actions. But once the Lord was obeyed and the accursed things were removed and destroyed, Achan was, was killed and buried. His family, everything he owned was gone. It says, the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. 
even with this kind of sin, when it is dealt with, it can be, it can, it can be a, a springboard to victory again. Now Israel was again in a position to walk in the power and guidance of God after they had been conquered by God again. Listen, we must be conquered by God daily. What's that mean? Is that we are submitted to him. We allow him to be the ruler of our life. We allow him to guide us. We, we are submitted to him and all that we do. That's all that means. And when we are submitted to God, we, we, we have been conquered by God, then we can walk in victory because he goes before us. He fights all our battles before we even get to our battles. And so now the children of Israel, they can have that assurance again. This, and, and, but listen, sometimes, you know, this, this victory can, can only come, you know, after a death. We have to die to ourselves. We need to die to ourselves daily so we can have this victory. Once the sin is room, how many times, brothers and sisters, have you gone to the, in, 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 to, to the front of the church for prayer and you've confessed, you've been through freedom and you've laid everything out at the foot of the cross, right? And if you haven't been through freedom, I'm going to tell you right now, come the fall, get yourself in a freedom group, find a freedom group. If you don't know how to do that, get with one of us and we will get you into a freedom group because we lay everything at the foot of the cross, we lay everything at the altar of Jesus Christ. And how much better do you feel? How much more power do you feel? Right? Now you're ready. Now you're ready. And that's when we're at our, at our peak. We're ready to take on whatever the Lord has for us. Right? But then oftentimes we forget. Because then life gets in the way. And then sin starts to, to, to you know, get, it, get, get back into our lives. So that's why, brothers and sisters, every single day, daily submit to the Lord, daily confess your sins, daily, you know, give it up to God. God, do what you're going to do. We need to die to our sins. Galatians 5.24 says, and those who are Christ, who are Christ, have crucified the flesh with its passions and the desires. The power and victory of Jesus' resurrection are ours as we crucify our flesh with him. Every single day. If Achan had been obedient to the commands of God every single day, right? If he took the commands of God seriously, right? If it wasn't just like, oh, okay, well, Joshua was telling us to do this, but uh, it's just Joshua giving us this command. You know, no, is it really from God? I don't know. No, if he had taken it seriously, we wouldn't have this story in the Bible. Because he would have done what was right and his whole family would have survived. So as I close, brothers and sisters, I've already gone over my time. I'm going to give you one last point. Your sin, if you allow sin to have a root in your life, it affects more than just you. Imagine the promises that are on your family that will not come to fruition because you have not kept your end of the covenant with God. God says he is faithful and just, right? And he always is. And there have been promises in our lives. There are promises over your children, over your children's children. But if we are not doing our part right here, right now, will those promises come to, come to pass? I don't know. 
But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not willing to take that risk. I'm not willing just to say, well, you know, I'm sure it'll still happen. No, no, because it's not just me. I got my family to think about. I got my wife. I got my son. I got my baby girl, right? Who was a part of this Hernandez squad legacy. Who, if you ever come to Cumberland County, my baby girl was dancing all up and down the aisles during worship, right? That's the legacy. What is your legacy that will not happen if you become disobedient, if you allow sin to creep into your life? Aiken's legacy was death and destruction for his entire family. Let's not let that be us. Amen. Father, we love you. We just thank you. We thank you, Lord, for what you are doing in our lives, Father. We thank you for the promises, Lord God, that you promise you will always be with us, Father. Lord, I pray that we will not forget that. We will not take that lightly, Lord. And we will take it as a privilege, Lord, to have you, the God of the universe, to always be by our side, Father, and to walk with us into victory. So Lord, I pray, we praise you for all this, Father. I, th- I thank you for my brothers and sisters listening to this, Father, and everyone listening on the podcast later on. Just be with them, Lord. Father, I pray that you would, that your Holy Spirit will shed light on anything in their lives that they've allowed to creep in and to fester and to begin to, 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 to grow like mold on their hearts, Lord God, that they will allow your Holy Spirit to, to clean them out, Lord God. Confess their sins, Father, because you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins. So Lord, we praise you for what you're doing. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. All right, guys. I love y'all. I will see you again next week. God bless.